Welcome to Put Your Heart Into It, the HVC podcast centered around educating providers and staff about common clinical scenarios so that we can better treat our patients. Podcasts on this account are meant for educational purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for medical diagnoses or advice. If you have any clinical symptoms or medical questions, please consult a licensed healthcare provider. Let's get started on this month's podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Mehul Bhatt, and this is a HVC podcast. The topic is actually a two-part topic. It's going to be about treatment of hypertension, specifically in adults. The first part, we'll talk about our treatment goals, why we treat hypertension, when we look for secondary causes of hypertension, and in the second part, we'll actually talk about the medicines. So let's get started. So our real definition of hypertension comes from uh, 2017 guidelines. Stage one is, you know, can be de- defined as early hypertension when the systolic is between 130 and 139 and this diastolic is 80 to 89. Stage two is when the systolic's at least 140 and the diastolic is 80. So really normal blood pressure is when it's um, the systolic is under 120 and less than 80 on diastolic. And elevated hypertension or prehypertension is above 120 over 80. So this is interesting because our treatment goals are not always into the completely normal definition of less than 120 over 80. And that's interesting. And sometimes, as we know, patients can't tolerate such a low blood pressure. But I think the consensus is that any blood pressure greater than 140 over 90 should be treated aggressively. And if initial non-pharmacological methods don't work, then try medicines. So what are the non-pharmacological methods for treatment of hypertension? One is clearly a low-salt diet, decreasing stress, decreasing alcohol, um, a little more exercise, especially aerobic exercise, weight loss, um, which goes with exercise as well. Um, I think if the blood pressure in my practice is over 160, over 100, I start medicines right away because I don't think meds themselves are going to work and you're getting into a dangerous zone. So how do we measure blood pressure? Very important question. It seems like most of the people that come to the office have high blood pressure, white coat hypertension. I don't even wear a white coat anymore, but it seems to still be high. Um, You know, the patient checking it themselves at home is probably the most effective. Checking it probably twice a day, writing down the readings. We typically always prefer uh, prefer upper arm cuffs to wrist cuffs. Um, Now, the iWatches, iPhones, they do not check blood pressure. They just check heart rate. So let's get into, um, you know, the majority of people with high blood pressure have what you call primary hypertension. So this is high blood pressure without a clear cause, but this is not necessarily reversible by uh, anything except medicines. It definitely goes up the risk for hypertension with age, obesity, family history, very strong. Some very young people have high blood pressure from when they're very young. 
when they have a family history, tends to be more severe and earlier in life in uh, African-American patients. Um, also, high-sodium diet, excessive alcohol consumption, and physical activity contribute to high blood pressure. And as we said, reversing some of these things like high-sodium diet, high-salt diet, excessive alcohol, and physical inactivity, especially aerobic exercise, can help reduce weight and inflammation, and even without reducing weight, can lower blood pressure. So what do we think about as the secondary causes of hypertension? So not, not all hypertensive patients are going to have this, more like 5 or 10%. So this is typically when you try several medical interventions and the blood pressure doesn't come down. Now, to me, the most common is typically untreated sleep apnea. Um, and that uh, you know, treatment of this can bring the blood pressure down. Also, of course, uh, kidney disease, uh, late-stage kidney disease, class 3, class 4 and above, uh, you know, should be seeing nephrologist. Uh, the one that I've diagnosed a little bit more frequently is uh, primary aldosteronism, which is basically the body making um, aldosterone. And you measure what's called the renin-aldosterone ratio, or I should say the aldosterone renin ratio and when this is greater than 20 or when the patient has a low potassium this may be present incidence is actually fairly high more higher than some of the other unusual causes of hypertension so screen for this if you think you found it the patient should be on spironolactone and the dose titrated up to up to 50 to 100 milligrams a day and you should also just make sure they don't have a type of adrenal carcinoma. So at least one time need a CAT scan of the adrenal glands. Now, what are some of the more rare causes of secondary hypertension? One is renal artery stenosis can be detected by renal ultrasound. Pheochromocytoma, I still haven't found one. It's rare. It requires a 24-hour urine Looking at the metabolites of this, it's basically a tumor that secretes particles such as metanephrines and epinephrine and really increases the blood pressure and it could be malignant. So it's a 24-hour looking, 24-hour urine, urine looking for metanephrines and epinephrines in the urine. Um, do this, but I still have not found one. I've only seen a patient that came with this diagnosis. Uh, Cushing syndrome, this is a syndrome where um, the body makes high amounts of glucocorticoids and it's also a 24-hour urine diagnosis. A rare diagnosis um, is coarctation of the aorta, typically seen in children. You have low blood pressure in the lower extremities and high blood pressure in the upper extremities, especially the right arm. So. Hypertension, why do we treat this? One thing I'd like to say is hypertension, if it's treated, it's really incredible because you really prevent a lot of the long-term complications of hypertension. Um, one of them, obviously, is uh, cardiac issues. You can get left ventricular hypertrophy, thick heart muscle, and when the heart muscle gets too thick, it works too hard, eventually develop heart failure, both with thick heart muscle, 
diastolic congestive heart failure, as well as in the late stages, systolic or reduced ejection fraction heart failure. Um, another cause, you know, you think about hypertension, pounding the small arteries and arterioles and capillaries in the brain and the kidneys, very sensitive areas. You get strokes and you get kidney disease. In terms of uh, coronary artery disease, certainly related to hypertension, but not probably as strong as risk factor for coronary artery disease as these other things, especially heart failure, stroke, and kidney disease. Once hypertension is diagnosed, what is hypertensive emergency? That's a great question. That's when the systolic is greater than 180 and the diastolic is greater than 120. So this is a patient that should likely be hospitalized if you can't get the blood pressure down rapidly. Another patient that I would consider higher risk is a patient, again, where the blood pressure is over 160, over 100, and they need fairly rapid treatment of this. And I often start two medicines or a combo pill at the same time. So what is our goals for treatment of hypertension? We'll talk about the medicines later, but you know we know that there's a huge decrease in randomized trials of the risk of stroke, heart failure, when hypertension is treated. So our initial goal is to bring the blood pressure down to, you know, there is some variability in the range of what providers would say, but certainly less than 140 over 90. Ideally, most of the reading should be 130 over 80. That being said, some populations such as elderly cannot tolerate, it, tolerate this, so we can relax our goals to about 150 over 90. This diastolic should still be pretty aggressive, but the systolic can be a little bit higher at about 90. Um, we'll talk a little, little bit more about hypertensive meds in the le next lecture, but the one thing I want to say is when I see a patient with 160 over 100, I typically do start two medicines, and there's some great combo medicines for hypertension. The importance of this is multifold. One, it's rare that you could treat hypertension with one or two medicines. Usually it's going to take two or three medicines to treat it. And it's okay to start two medicines at once when your blood pressure is greater than 160 over 100. And also, these combination medicines, of which there's a lot of great ones, and mostly they're generic, are the patient feels they are taking less medicine. So there's an increased amount of compliance. So blood pressure definition is typically readings over 140 over 90, or you could be a little more aggressive at 130 over 80, but you definitely want to be treating to a goal between 130 to 140 to about 80 to 90 in most patients. And we do recommend home blood pressure checks as the office ones are invariably high. So I think that's a good overview of hypertension. And in the next part, we will be talking about the medications. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. Tune in next time for another cardiology-focused episode.